gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another edition of Causeway Kings on the WMEX Sports Radio Network, a podcast being brought to you from the people to the people. Your buddy Benny always here hosting. We have a full crew here with us and expecting more friends. Uh, right now, we got Causeway Clancy. Clancy, good to see you. What's going on, guys? Uh, looking forward to another exciting week of recording. Got a lot of great things happening. Uh, I got to say, I, I had a, the one of the best highlights of the year so far for me. Um, Chiggs here was able to help me out and got me a, a sheet of ice over there. And as you, everyone knows, I have a four-year-old and two-year-old, and my four-year-old is obsessed with hockey. And he's been doing the lawn to skate, but he actually got on the ice for the first time on um, – Sunday morning and got on the ice with a stick and pucks and was shooting and absolutely loved it. And, uh, it was just, uh, a highlight of my life, my life so far. So it was just awesome. And yeah. off shakes for, um, helping me get the ice and get, taking care of that for me. I appreciate it, buddy. Excellent. Congratulations. And that is what the game is all about. Clance, you know, those memories, it's what we all look forward to. Congratulations to you. And how'd the little guy do? how do he handle it? He did good. He, he actually did really well. Um, you know, he just, he has like one of those, you know, the little mini sticks that you can buy now if you're hockey that look like a real stick. But so it was a little short for him. So, you know, dad's obviously going to have to make a run to good old PH, pure hockey, and uh, get him a, a longer stick. But he did well, you know, not for the first time on the ice with a stick and basically the second or third time on the ice without a crate. He did well. I mean, he loves sliding and falling on the ice every time he shot, but he was doing his knuckle pucks and he had an absolute blast and he actually got to see Chiggs at the rink. Chiggs was coaching the game, which was fun to watch. But um, it, it was it was a blast. You know, it was one of those moments where it just makes all the stress in life go away, you know, with work and everyday life. But having seen the joy in their face was just absolutely priceless and loved it. I love it. Congratulations, buddy. Sober up that moment and cherish it forever. That's awesome. Continuing down the line, joining us via the phone this time around, it's Merrill Marshall. What's up, Merrill? Great to be here, Clance. That's an awesome story, man. I uh, I hope someday I can I can share an experience like that with uh, my son or daughter. To be um, yeah, just uh, driving to a project right now, so I apologize, guys, if my audio sounds like garbage. But uh, you know, just glad to be a part of it. Got a lot to talk about, and like Clance said, a lot of exciting things happening with this podcast, and I'm just so fired up, and I'm glad to be a part of it. True that, well said, and good on you here. It's currently 9-12 at night on Tuesday, April the 12th, and Merrill is still working away. Love you, buddy. Keep going. Don't ever stop. Uh, keeping right along, BJ, it's Brian Johnston joining us as always. BJ, what's good? Uh, everything's good right now. So we'll keep it going that way. Uh, but listening to Clancy's story, it reminded me of uh, one time my niece this was right, like she was nine, just learning to play. And we were at like a mass food convention and Bobby Orr was there doing like a shooting drill or like expedition. And I talked to him beforehand. So he pulled her out of the audience. The, the best facial expression you've ever seen. She was like in total shock. She was like, wait a minute. <laughs> so those type of events you want to, you know, Enjoy every bit of it because they go fast. Truth. They sure do. Uh, Also joining us on the program, it's Coach Anthony Chickasola. Chiggs, good to see you, buddy. Hey, guys. uh, Good to be here. Uh, Looking forward to another fun night of uh, talking about some puck. Love it. Love it. 
And, uh, of course, uh, Beacon joins us as well from the WMEX sports team. Brendan, always a pleasure. How's it going this evening, boys? It's great to have a full squad behind the bench this evening. Truth, truth, truth. And, uh, guys, where do we even start with this team right now? We're coming into this game tonight, and, uh, well, geesh, I, I don't know what's going on, but it's a, it's a 3-2 game right now, and uh, we're without some key players so let's get things started right away. Clance, your take on the injuries to Lindholm and Pasternak to this point, and uh, you're just getting closer to playoff time. Is how worrisome is that? Uh, yeah, it's it's a little concerning. Um, but I mean, they also I don't know if guy you guys just saw. They also said Brendan Kahlo is most likely mm. not going to return for the rest of the night. So that's another key factor on the back end that is not good for them. When it's, I think after tonight they got what eight or nine regular season games left. And then it then it's a playoff. So I think, you know, they, they, I think they're in a good place in the for you know they're, to solidify their spot in the playoffs right now. Um, I, I think their main focus should be getting Lindholm healthy, Pasta healthy, um, Carlo healthy with whatever injury he's dealing with right now. Um, so it's it's a little concerning, but I'm not too concerned if that makes any sense. Um, it, it's. You know, you don't want to see someone like Lindholm, who's been a, a, a rock back there since he's become a Bruin, go down. But hopefully it's nothing serious and he can be back on and ready to go for the playoffs. Um, but, you know, I mean, I got to tell you, I love watching this McLaughlin kid play. He, he's got a goal tonight. He, he's out there playing with a lot of heart, grit, and, and doing what it takes to help this team, you know, put the puck in the net. So hats off to him. But... I think we our main focus right now is to get those three guys healthy and ready for a deep playoff run. Truth. Well said, well said. Uh, Chiggs, your take? Um, for me, I mean, kind of piggybacking off of what Clam said, it's kind of that time of year where obviously you need to fight to get into the playoffs, but at the same time it's a sacrifice of what. Uh, seeing a lot of these guys go down hurt, you know, talking about Pasta's injury, Lindholm, now Carlo, um, it kind of adds up. Uh, at the same time, it's nice to see some younger guys get a chance, but, you know, you want to minimize any damage you can to your team because we all know, you know, first round of the playoffs, it's basically a lot of it comes down to who can uh, survive. So hopefully they stay healthy. Hopefully everybody gets back as soon as possible. Chiggs, I got a, I got a quick question for you. Obviously, you know, you working over the fair rink for the Vikings militia, you guys, you know, do a lot of work with like the hold the line game and stuff like that. And a lot of the local stars come down and play in that, you know, that game. Has that McLaughlin kid ever come down and played? Yes. He came once or twice to the three on three. Um, so usually what Nick and Tom will do is you fill it with as many pro players as you can. But then if you're one of the better players at like a BC, BU, Northeastern Merrimack, mm -hmm. um, he'll invite uh, you down. So he was one of the kids that came a couple times last summer. Nice kid. Did you get to meet him at all? Yeah, actually, to be brutally honest, uh, everybody's been awesome. You, you know, uh, usually the hockey players are the nicest guys going. Um, there's only ever been one person that's ever rubbed me the wrong way, and I won't, I'm not going to share his name on the pod. But, you know, everybody that comes, you know, they're, they're super nice to the kids. They'll sit there and do, uh, you know, autographs and everything like that. Um, the, the best story I ever have of, like, a nice guy was uh, this past summer. Uh, Keith Yandel came one time. And he was actually talking about how he's going to be signing with the Flyers within the next couple of days. So that was kind of cool that, you know, we got to know that beforehand. And, 
what ended up happening was uh, by the time he left the mini ring to get to the locker room, he had given away his helmet, his two sticks, his gloves, his skates, and the jersey off his back. And he autographed every single piece. So, you know, most of the time, a lot of these guys are great and uh, they're, you know, they're there for the kids as well, which is kind of cool. No, that's, that's amazing. And obviously, you know, Chiggs with Ian's being a local guy, like to him, see him do that. Like, that's just awesome because again, you obviously following the social media page that you guys have and the, seeing the joy on the little kids faces when they take a picture with a Keith Ian or a Connor Garland or a, you know, a Matthew Boldy or, or something like that. Like, it's just awesome to see that, you know, these stars, these role models that these young kids look up to take time out of their busy lives and schedule to do something as simple as taking a picture and putting a smile on a kid's face. I just think that's absolutely amazing. Oh, agreed. And, you know, not many, you know, ranks kind of get to say Hardman, Rathmo, Cockrell, pretty sure new hooks up for rookie of the year be there Monday through Friday at the rink. So it's really cool, you know, and, and me, like I've always been into like, you know, hockey and collecting memorabilia and stuff. And I find myself acting like a kid half the time. I mean, I, uh, selfishly, I'm pretty sure Leo has 15 autograph sticks to him from all those guys. And it's, Hey, you broke your stick. Can you sign it for my kid type of stuff? So it's a lot of fun. And even I still get a kick out of it now. No, that that's awesome. And you know, it's actually, funny you say that I've actually been working uh well not working but talking with Charlie Coyle's good buddy Trevor King um and he's actually going to be getting me a signed jersey from Charlie Coyle because Jack my oldest boy absolutely loves Charlie to the point where like literally you know we're, we're in the process of trying to decide a, a, a name for our, our third son that's arriving in August and our four-year-old Jack is like adamant that we name him Charlie Coyle of, co- <laughs> of course what else would it be you know there's no other oh. logical decision so, no lie, you guys will – and I know, like, we still have other intros, but I'm just going to go off on a little bit of a fucking rant here because that's what I do. So, again, like I said, everyone knows he loves hockey, and he loves watching the Mighty Ducks, the, the first one. And any time we've said, hey, Jack, what do you want mommy and daddy to name the new baby? He, he, he's, like, adamant as Averman. He wants us to name him Lester Averman, but just Averman from the movie <laughs> Mighty Ducks. And we were finally like, dude, like, listen, Jack, it's not going to happen, pal. Like, we're not naming the fucking kid Averman. Deal with it. He's like, all right, how about Charlie Coyle? I'm like, oh, God, here we go. I'm like, we can't name Charlie Coyle. There's already one Charlie Coyle in the world. He goes, oh, we can have him. We're going to name him Charlie Coyle. I said, well, buddy, we're not naming Charlie Coyle. I'm going to call him Charlie Coyle. So a four-year-old has the name Charlie Coyle picked off with a new baby. That's wild. I love it. I love it. (laughs) As kids will do. Yep. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And there's nothing better than the memories, and that's what it's all about. Absolutely. Uh, Merrill, where do you stand on the injury situation for the bees right now, and what do you think is going to be the solution? Is anyone jumping out to you that needs to get up here to the team right away? Um, well, look at it. I, I think right now, obviously, their playoff position is firmly secure. I, I think the thing that they have to focus on right now is, uh, is just getting healthy. You know, regardless of not worrying about who you're playing, just get healthy. Just get all your, your big guns back. Um, obviously, Lindholm, I, I tend to think from what you kind of read between the lines on the reporting, Lindholm's injury isn't too serious. Uh, Pasternak looks like it could be a little more uh, serious, a little more troublesome. It appears like it's like a, you know, you hear Bob Beer say a core issue. Um, 
maybe, you know, a, a, a groin, or, you know, who knows, maybe a hernia or something like that. So that's a little more concerning. And then Carlo, obviously, with a history of injury, um, when he's playing well, he's definitely a, an asset on the back end. Um, they just got, again, it, it's so much of it of the playoffs and teams that go deep is, is being healthy and being healthy but having that depth. And I, I think it's going to be imperative more than he, I think even the, their matchup is getting everybody healthy for the postseason. And, and looking at it right now, McLaughlin's come up and he looks pretty good um, as a forward. But, um, you know, ideally, obviously, you know, he's having to step up and play in that second line role. Um, and obviously he's not going to replace David Pasternak's numbers. You just hope that he comes in and he's in the right spot. He's playing the right way. He's doing the, he's, you know, contributing and you really need to Taylor Hall to drive that line as a puck carrier right now. And, you know, I, I think, um, I think he's doing about as well as you'd expect a, a rookie uh, kid to do. So, uh, but again, getting back to it, they got to get healthy. Um, and that's, that's what's going to determine, I think part of, uh, them going on a playoff run is getting healthy. It's always the way that it is. BJ, your take. They just went down 4-2, by the way. Ugh. Good timing for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think, the, I mean, the biggest question is, are you know, how bad are these guys really injured? And is it worth risking any of them at this point or just sitting them until the playoffs? Because, I mean, even if they, I mean, I guess if you go to third place, you don't end up, you know, against Carolina or Florida in that first round. So I think that's not a bad thing, but I think being healthy and having those guys all healthy is probably more of an immediate issue than, uh, you know, positioning at that point or this point. I mean, Lindholm, I think he did, he looked pretty good when he, even when he came off the ice that night, he wasn't moving that awfully. Pasta, you know, I think his injury is the same what he's been dealing with for the last couple of months. You know, how much did he tweak the core and, you know, is it that they're just sitting him or is he really unable to play? We won't know that until the playoffs hit. Because. I, think if the, I think if the playoffs started today, I think if the playoffs started today, Lindholm would be able to play. That's just how I kind of read things. I think Pasta's is a little more serious. So I don't mean to cut you off. Go ahead, Beacon. Uh I don't really have a take left. I mean, everything that I had on my mind has already been kind of mentioned. Uh, the only thing I would – Add is uh, Bruins have looked terrible on their power play as of late. Um, they were able to get put one in, I think, recently, just a couple of games ago. But um, six of their of their last forty nine, I think, was the tweet something crazy to that effect. And without Pasternak, they just look lost out there. They need him back for their special teams more than anything else. Um, I I feel like uh, just based on what Cassidy has said, Lindholm's return is looking more look looks more. Uh, likely to happen in the next couple of days. Pasternak, I don't know, could be a couple of games. It's tough to tell, but these injuries to these players, they hide it all so well. You know, Clance, can you speak to uh, being able to do that? I mean, these players, you know, they're, they're, they might have all the new protocols, and obviously they're not getting through any concussions from the spotters anytime soon, but there's still lots of injuries a player can hide. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously playing hurt, it's part of the game. I mean, Everyone plays with bumps and bruises and, and cuts and, you know, aches and pains and all that. I mean, I did it as a player. Chase has done it as a player. You know, it, it's part of the game. But at the same time, this very well – again, no one knows what the, the nature of their injuries are or the severity of it. I mean, Boston's already locked in a playoff spot. This could be something where they're saying, hey, listen, 
between Lindholm and Pasta, we're going to sit you guys for the rest of these games and make sure you're 100% healthy for the playoffs. Because Lindholm, you're going to log 20-plus minutes a game. Pasta, you're going to play every third shift. Like, you're going to be on power play. Like, you're, you guys are going to log the minutes. We need you healthy. They, you know, that, that could be a situation where they're able to play, but management and coaching staff are saying, you know what, guys? We have our playoff spot. Let's focus on getting you guys healthy. Get some of these younger kids, you know, some playing time and, and familiar with the speed of the game. You know, like McLaughlin, who can maybe fill in if something happens in the playoffs and not be able to have an issue. You know what I mean? It, you never really know until you actually reach the source and talk to Pasta or Lindholm and say, hey, what is your injury? You know, like you go to regular, you go to a duck now. What's your pain scale on one to 10? 10 being the worst. They could be at like a three and the doctors could be saying, hey, listen, he's he could go, but I think it's best if we're going to save him playoffs, let's sit him. You never know. You know, we, we, we can only go by what the media says and what coaching says in their press conferences and things like that. But I mean, come playoffs, like whether they're hurt or not, like, you know, they're going to play. I mean, shit, look what Bergeron did a few years ago, you know, broken ribs, clunk in love. Like, like, exactly. Like they're going to do what it takes to win in the playoffs. You know, didn't one of them have a heart attack? Wasn't it Seidenberg? Was it Seidenberg? Who no, had a heart that was Peverly. Uh, Peverly, yeah. Peverly. I, I knew it was a former Bruin defenseman. He was so with I was Dallas to remember when which that one it was. Yeah. Yeah, he was at Dallas. No, I was just going to ask, as a coach, would you want to see them play one game before the playoffs or just wait and then throw them out in the playoffs? Or would I, it I, would, I, I would have, I mean, I would have them play the, the second, you know, one of the final three games of the season just to get their game legs back under them, right. you know, but I, I would limit their ice time. You know, I'm not going to throw Lindholm out there every, you know, every other shift and having played 24 minutes a game, you know, pile play PK, all that. If he's still got a tiny bit of lingering with the pain, you know, I, I would just keep him in game shape and, and minimize his ice time. And then come playoffs again, everyone knows it's a whole different breed of hockey. You got you got to play hurt. You got to fight through it, and I think yeah. that's well, it is. You mentioned it, Clance. Um, these teams they don't uh, disclose the official injuries because they're trying to protect their players, especially come the playoffs. So you'll just see lower body or upper body injury, and they're just trying to keep uh, dirty hits from occurring. Essentially, yeah, so we exactly. won't really know. Because the other we thing, too, Pecan, you got to look at it this way, right? So say you you got to you got to you. It comes out with, hey, Pasta or Lindholm's got a, a tweaked left knee, but he's able to play. And mm-hmm. you, you're going, you got a regular season game against a team that you're in a playoff run against, and they know that he's got a tweaked left knee. Don't you think that they're going to try to target that? Not, oh, not yeah. from a dirt, not from a dirty side of the game, but like, hey, when we're in the corner, in the corner battling, you know, a three on one, three on. I'm going to give that knee a, a, a fucking jab or I'm going to make sure that he knows I'm there on that knee, you know, so that like you said, they're never going to disclose exactly what, you know, it's either an upper body injury or a lower body injury. That could be anything. It could be a, a, a fucking tear in your nostril and it could be called an upper body injury. Well, it's that old statement, you know, it's always like you hurt versus being injured in play. You know, the two, this, you know, the difference between the two is, the playoffs, everybody plays hurt, but are you injured? That's different. Yeah, exactly. Like I always say to my players, like, 
I, when you go out every shift, you need to work as hard as possible. And if you come back to the bench and I ask you a question and you're able to answer it right away, then you did not work hard enough. You know, that, that's just kind of like my motto with things like that. But like you have two, you know, elite players in the league that are hurt right now. You just got to do what's best for them, but come playoffs, you know, those two guys are going to say, fuck any injury I have. I want to go win a cup. Let's go. Yeah. As any good player would do or say. Chiggs, do you uh, want to speak on the playing hurt aspect of the game? And what is it that uh, you see with the young players nowadays, especially uh, going through all the upper levels and as they learn? I mean, what, what, what are the experiences they're having? Well, I think a lot of it can go back to something that Brendan Gallagher just talked about the other night about Tim Stutzel. Uh, you know, the whole um, if you're hurt and you lay on the ice, you better be hurt type of thing. If you want to change the subject into that, it's, you know, a lot of the kids are taught by taught by their parents and everything like that. It's fine to, you know, when you're might, if you get hurt and, you know, it doesn't feel that great. It's the emotions of the game. But, you know, um, I think the kids nowadays are definitely turning into more soccer player type hockey players. You know, it's, it's becoming uh, a finesse game. Yeah. And it's and it's, oh, wow, I tripped. And, and it seems like everybody's kind of like embellishing a lot more. But at the same time, I understand it. I mean. They took away the clutching, the grabbing, the holding, the hooking. So, you know, why not try to embellish a little bit? So I think a lot of the kids are learning that. But at the same time, there are a lot of people that, you know, they may be considered a hardo, but I agree with it. If you lay on the ice, you better be hurt. And just like Gallagher had said, you know, if, if he was laying on the ice and he was hurt, he wasn't allowed to go out on the ice for like the next three or four shifts. Whereas you see a lot of kids, especially in the high school, you know, where, you know, uh, you can manipulate the the ref a little bit, you know, dive a little bit, and all of a sudden they're out there because it's a power play, you know. So um, it's kind of all over the place. But it, to go back to what Clance also said about the playing through everything, I mean, just from, you know, all the players that I know and what I went through, everybody plays through something. You know, it's at the end of the year, you go to the trainer's room at, at lunch, and the whole team's in the trainer's room. Um, Everybody just plays through something. It's whether or not it really affects you because a lot of the star players in the NHL, if you think about it, 90% of like a Connor McDavid's better than pretty much 95% of the NHL. So it's what can you play through? What can you manage? And what can you do to help out your team? It's a good point. It's a really good point. And uh, Mm -hmm. thankfully, like you said, you know, the kids are learning the right way because they're going through the right program and what you guys are doing there, teaching these kids the correct way as they make their journey through the hockey world. And, you know, who knows where the future is going to be for all these kids and players, but we know that they're going to be taught the correct way. And Chiggs, just for folks listening right now, where can folks find more about the Viking Militia program? Um, So you can either go to vikingshockeyclub.com or militiahockey.com. Um, you can also find us on our brand new Facebook page. You just search uh, Militia and Vikings Hockey Club. Awesome, awesome. Uh, looking back at the game now, it's a 4-2 score, five minutes left in the third for the most part. Kind of a disappointing outing here against a uh, a foe that came in at TD Garden and made some real bad memories for the rest of us just a few years ago. Uh, Merrill, how do you feel about the St. Louis Blues now coming in at TD Garden with a two-goal lead late in the third? Well, uh, 
I, I was able to watch a little bit of the game in the first period before uh, before I had to embark on my uh, odyssey. Um, you know, it was a nice tribute to Tory Krug, um, and uh, it was nice to see that. Um, but just a lot of overall bad memories of 2019. And um, you know, looking at the Blues, like they're a, they're a good hockey team. Um, you know, and I, I think they're. Uh, you know, I don't think they're going to be an easy out in the postseason. You know, they got. Um, they got Buchnevich. They, you know, and this isn't in, this is old news. Obviously, they acquired him at the beginning of the season, but um, they've got a solid lineup from top to bottom. They got veteran leadership. They still got Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, Colton Perenko is an absolute beast as a defenseman, and um, you know that that's not an easy foe for the Bruins to play, uh, especially you know when you're down David Pasternak, Hampus Lindholm, and obviously Kylo getting hurt tonight. So it's you know, it, it's a two-pronged thing. You know, on one hand, it's, it's like we said, we want to see them get healthy, and we know that it's the end of the season and guys are playing through stuff. But you want you want to see the Bruins playing well because you know you could take it two different ways. You know, you could say it's okay. It doesn't matter. They're losing these games down the stretch. They're in the postseason, clean slate. You could also say. You know, if they, if they, you know, if they lose, you know, if they're 500, their last 10 games or they're three and seven in their last 10, how do you feel about them going into the postseason? Um, you know, in, in, in a, you know, I could see both sides of it. I just want to see them put together a good stretch of hockey and, um, looks like they're running into a little bit of a rough patch. I mean, I'm not worried about it too much. It's going to happen over the course of 82 games, but I would like to see them finish the season strong if not for nothing else to have a little positive momentum going into the playoffs i agree i, I just I, don't want them to face florida i don't want them to face florida or any of those top tier teams um and unfortunately it's looking like that might become a possibility especially if they slip a spot here dude beacon florida actually i didn't know this florida actually has more goals scored this year than uh than toronto does yeah, I mean, if you look at Toronto, basically all of their production is coming from a series of two players for the most part. Uh, we all know Austin Matthews is having an incredible season. One of the, I think he's the leading scorer in the NHL, if I'm not mistaken, as of two or three days ago, points-wise. Mm-hmm. Fourth in goals or something to that effect. Um, Mitch Marner, always a threat as well. But um, that's really where most of their production comes from. You take away those two, they don't really get scoring from much of the rest of their roster. Um Florida is just deep all the way around. That's why I don't want to face him. Who in the league has more goals than Matthews? He's at like 57. Yeah, I'm trying to. I was trying to double. I don't think there's anyone that's got more than 57 it, it, than him. It's either he's either he's either leading in goals or points. I forget which stat it was, but I'll have to double check. I'm that pretty sure it's I, definitely I think it's got to be goals. Yeah, the only other guy would be maybe Dreisaitl. The only other guy I could think. Yeah, but I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I wouldn't want to face Slaughter in the first round of playoffs right now because, one, I mean, they, they're just firing on all cylinders on all four lines, all 6D, and they also have the Bobrovsky of old in net right now. He's been lights out. You also have Spencer Knight as your backup who's lights out when he plays. Like, in selfishly, like, do I want Boston to go ahead and win a cup? Absolutely. But if they don't, I would love to see Florida because I would love to see Joe Thornton win a cup. Don't they have more points than Carolina, though, Florida? That I don't know. 
I think they do because that would. Make... I, I believe Carolina has more points than Florida. Uh, Tampa does right now. Or are you talking about Florida? The Florida. Panthers? Florida. I was talking about. Well, oh, I, uh, okay, yeah, because Florida, it would be either Florida or Carolina. If you're the first wild card, you'd play the second seed, which would be, I think, either. I mean, I thought Carolina had less than Florida. But... And uh, as Clancy were right, uh, Austin Matthews leads the league with 58 goals. Um, he has 58 he's now. Fourth wow. in points with 99. Yeah, fourth in points of 99. He doesn't really dish the puck around, but he scores a lot of goals. Wow. Well, it's funny you say he doesn't dish the puck around. Is anyone, did anyone see Yeah, that? I know. It's a joke. The, the interview with fucking Patrick Laine like two weeks ago when the, the reporter asked, like, did you, uh, did you shoot for the rebound? And he's like, I don't shoot rebounds. I shoot to score goals. Like, what? <laughs> I like, did you, see that. That was absolutely hysterical. Uh, and he I, had, I don't like, shoot for rebounds. I don't shoot for rebounds. And he had like the like the look on his face. He was like, "I don't shoot for rebounds." Okay, brilliant. You, and you yeah, Florida's at Florida has one hundred eight, and Carolina's got one hundred four. So right now they end up playing Carolina. So Carolina scares me when it comes to playing Carolina in the playoffs. Traditionally. I mean, I know we've had a pretty good run of it, but at the same time, man, they are vicious sometimes in the playoffs. And I mean, didn't they eviscerate the Bruins in every matchup this season? I was just gonna say they crushed they them like eighteen every to like game. two yeah, or something. Yeah. That it too. felt like if you three games, didn't they score like six goals in each one? It felt like. Yeah, they're 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 dangerous, man. Yeah, I would they're not want to face that dangerous. team. Is Dougie Hamilton still on that team, or has he got a Carolina? Where no. is he now? No, he's in New Jersey. He's in New Jersey, yeah. Ugh, no, yeah. One, no wonder this, uh, where all the fire and smoke is coming from, interestingly enough. Fun fact, fun fact, he blocked me on Twitter, like a lot of other people. No way. <laughs> Dougie Hamilton. <laughs> he blocked me. He blocked me, Con, on Twitter, even me. <laughs> he went on a rampage. He did not want anyone affiliated with the Bruins on his uh, Twitter followers, apparently. Oh, that's right. When he left, he probably hated everybody. No, he blocked every single awesome. media member I know, including me. I don't even know how he knew it was me. That's funny. Has it gotten out why everybody doesn't like him? I have no idea if it ever did. No, or not. not to my knowledge. No, I would. I just. I'm very curious because Is it that seems informed? like other. What'd you say? Is that informed? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Have a little bit of something behind it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is it like? has it gotten out like why everybody hates him? I mean, he's like there for a year or two and it's like, Oh, Dougie's having a great season. Oh yeah. He's on the trade block. It's like, what the hell did this guy do to piss everybody off? I'd love to know. I think he's just got an attitude about him. I mean, I, I haven't heard very him very selfish, very selfish, like doesn't really, you know, it's not, he's not a team guy is what, what, what I've heard is he's kind of like, doesn't like hang out with the guys on the road. Doesn't like hang out with his teammates outside of the rink. Like just kind of like very standoffish, I guess you can say. Like I guess you can say he's a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> well, that will cover it. if you get blocked too. There you oh, go. Oh, oh, you're gonna fucking lose sleep if Dougie up and blocks me on fucking Twitter. <laughs> Ooh. Holy fuck! I don't know what I do with myself. <laughs> I just thought it was funny when he did. I was like, you, you really are. You're that in your head that you have to block me. <laughs> but no, it's like you, you just gotta. I mean, he's on what is fourth team, third, fourth team. Like, you know, in your first round pick, you're he's a hell of a player. Like, I'll give him that. But 
You know, now, <laughs> man, man. now you're playing with one of the other most hated guys in the NHL and P.K. Subban. Who do you think gets that trophy in the locker room, Dougie or P.K.? Oh, man. Oh, man. It's going to be a toss-up. I think P.K. Subban would look amazing in a Bruins uniform. I'm just saying. I don't think Didn't he would. I don't think he would last like Because I, I think fucking Marshawn would probably two-hand him across the teeth in the locker room. They'd have to That's have a scrap. Fine. They'd have to. That's fine. It's not like our GM can draft. Might as well make us the most hated team in the league. <laughs> ah, that a boy, Chiggs. <laughs> oh, oh, man. No, Might no, as well. No, Why not? On a side note, did anyone I will catch... say he nails the trade picks, though. Can we, uh, anyone catch the uh, the Frozen Four last week, the semis and the finals? I can't believe Michigan went down in the first like that, but then Denver rounded it out, and wow, what a championship. It was wow. a wild weekend of hockey, and a special shout-out to our uh, buddy Joe over at Integral Hockey Stick Repair in Quincy. Uh, he he put a message up through Causeway Kings, and uh, that was awesome. That was really cool to have his support, and we're looking forward to having him some more. But what would you see? Uh, what, what caught your eye? Any Anybody specific? I mean, obviously, uh, you know, you, you look at those, you know, four or five first-round picks on Michigan. I mean, granted, it, to see Michigan lose, it was a heartbreaker. Um, but I mean, Denver's that, that kid, uh, that Bobby Brink is that his name? He's a Philadelphia Flyers draft pick. That fucking kid is unreal. He, he's all over the ice. I mean, that's it. Ninth... see. Denver has a great collegiate hockey program. Yeah. That's their That's their ninth championship in, in school history. I mean, that's fantastic. But they I mean, did a great job of blocking, like keeping them away from the net. Every yeah. almost shot was from far yeah. away. And to top it off, I mean, they won five one against the goalie that just won the fucking Hobie Baker Award the night before. Yeah, like you know, um, it, it was just it was fun to watch. It was I actually you know had the joy of watching the the Michigan game with um with my son Jack. I let him step and watch it, um, which was fun. But you know, and then you got all those you know those first round draft picks that all turned pro. The kid um, Johnson, Maddie Bernias from Hingham, Owen Power. I just watched a clip of Owen Powell in his first game with Buffalo tonight, breaking up a two-on-one with Austin Matthews and somebody else. Like, you know, it's it's unbelievable to see. Though, a week ago they're playing in the Frozen Four semifinals, and now they signed the entry-level contracts playing in the NHL. Like, it's it's awesome to see, and you know, hats off to them. But I was really pulling for Michigan to win it. But that is literally some was some of the most exciting hockey I've watched in. Uh, in probably you know three four months, it, it was an. And dare we, and dare we say that might be one of the best that that's probably going to be go down as one of the top five college hockey teams ever oh, in the history of college hockey, right? I mean, and and they choked, they flat out came out and choked. I, it's hysterical now when you think about it, and it's and it's you know. All of you guys know with hockey, it's kind of like the whole St. Louis Blues thing when they beat the Bruins in the Cup. That first period in the Cup, the Bruins dominated them. And all that happened was the other team just kept coming, coming, and coming. And you just sat there like, yep, this is going to end terrible. Yeah, no. No, I agree. It, I, I think a lot of people had Michigan pegged to win it. You know, they come into the Frozen Fours and number one team in the country. All these first-round draft picks. You know, all this talent, all the, you know, these kids that are just unbelievable hockey players. And, I, mean, I, I don't want to use the terminology saying that they choked. I mean, again, the the, the game went a goal in overtime. 
that that anyone could can, can score a goal like that. You know, it was just, it was heartbreaking to watch, but at the end, it was very it was very exciting games to watch as well. Good hockey. The future is bright for this game, that is for sure. And by the way, can we talk about uh, just a little bit here? I, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but there is a female goaltender in the Quebec Major Junior League right now and uh, doing quite well playing with the guys. And uh, I wanted to remember to bring this up because I wanted to get you guys' take on this. What do you think about this? We're now seeing a female player in one of the major leagues leading up to the big show. So that is definitely a sign of the times right there. Uh, does anybody know anything else about her? Anybody have a take on that? Well, they had a video when she came into, like she waited till like all the guys were in the locker room. They showed her going into the locker room after the game and every single one of the guys was there throwing water on her and stuff. So she looks like she's very well liked from the team too, which I think is huge, but. You know, it's, it's great to see, you know, I mean, goalie is definitely one of those positions. I think you can play, you know, in, in those leagues. Um, and, you know, she, what, was, Mignon, what was their name? The one that played. Mano Rium. Mano Rium, yeah. Yep. Played for she the, was the uh, first. Tampa Bay. Which, like, Tampa Bay, yeah. I don't think, did she actually play an actual NHL game? I think she did she a preseason game. Preseason yeah. exhibition yeah. game. Yeah, but she never made the big show. Yeah. No. So that, that girl goalie's name was. Eve Gascon. Um, she became the first female goalie to win the Quebec, uh, win a game in the uh, Quebec Junior Major League in 22 years. You know, and that that's awesome. Hats Unreal. off to her. But now, you know, you got to look at it, right. So obviously, you know, she's a, a very, very good athlete playing in a, a male-dominated uh, sport, especially in the Quebec Junior Major League. You know, all those guys like they don't have any college eligibility. They they, they you know lost all that with you know, playing in the queue. A lot of them try to go and play over in Europe if they don't make it to the NHL. Like, do you think she gets a shot in, in, in the NHL or AHL or even like East Coast League or something like that? This game has gone final now for the Blues and the Bruins. A 4-2 final from TD Garden. And that is that for tonight. Now we're looking forward to Thursday night. The Ottawa Senators come to town and the Bruins are going to be honoring the 72 Stanley Cup championship team. That is going to be fun. And I have a feeling, hopefully, that's uh, it's going to be a memorable night that they cap off with a W over a struggling Senators team. Back into something hockey-related. Anybody got anything hockey-related? <laughs> Brendan, your comments, yeah. uh, your, your comments going into the Senators game and the appreciation of the 72 squad. Oh yeah, that was a that was a surprise. It was a great scene. Uh, great that the Bruins were able to honor such a great uh, team that meant so much to their history. Um, some great characters out there for sure. Um, and I think we were one of the first ones to break that news. I uh, got the uh, alert, and I thought we'd uh, put it out there. Why not? Why not, indeed? And folks at home, if you're not following us on Twitter at Causeway Kings thirty three. What are you doing? You better at least be following Beacon, which can be found at Beacon63. Two ends on that on Twitter. I was going to say, I think I'm the only one that's old enough to actually remember watching those guys play. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was minus 16 years old. So. Yeah. I, uh, I have a story about that. When they did a uh, reunion two years ago, there was a, a podcast I was helping, and we had to do, uh, well, I had to do, tech support and troubleshooting for most of the 72 team. Oh, and folks at home, you can't see, but Clance has just brought his fuzzy furry friend into the fray. Clance, who is that? It's a puppy. 
This is Easton. Easton. He's my uh, my one-year-old friend. Get some sound. Easton Synergy Clancy, that's his name. Easton Synergy <laughs> Clancy. <laughs> he's my... Uh, He's my one-year-old French bulldog, and he is—he's uh, my little sidekick, uh, Chappelle. He's a good boy, but Mama just went to bed for the night, so he came downstairs to hang out with Daddy. A place for everything some... and everything in its place. Well done. You gonna get some snorts? Huh? Get some snorts. <laughs> he's a good buddy. <laughs> that's what—that's—that's that's what it's all about here, folks. What is hockey without a little bit of fuzzy free friend? I wish this was a video podcast. He's adorable. Oh. No, you don't, because in about 10 seconds, he's probably going to talk. Who's your good puppy? Who's your good puppy? Uh, everything works out. All right, we're uh, we're wildly off topic here, but you know what? It's okay, because fuzzy furry friends have a tendency of doing that. Uh, let's see. Moving forward, I just got this little news update here I wanted to uh, bring to the group's attention. Uh, Houseofhockey.net has released this. The uh, city of Glendale has released statistics for the Phoenix Coyotes game, or, or Arizona, or whatever they're called nowadays. 90% of their tickets are still available online as of tonight's game. Can you believe that? 90% of a 5,000-seat venue. Exactly. So what is that, like, Five, realistically, at the end of the day, are they, are they even going to have a team there? I mean... Yeah, Who they're would gonna be sign to go play hockey. They're gonna go play a fucking Arizona State, dude. Yeah, no, but mm-hmm. who who would want to who would want to go there? Yeah, that's a sub sell uh, for a free agent. Hey, I'll put on the skates if they want to give me sign me to an eight hundred thousand dollar contract. I uh, I would I need a million at least, but I do I do <laughs> like the entry level deal. I like it. I like it. <laughs> so does that mean ninety percent for next year's season tickets? Is that what the they're saying? No, they're saying ticket sales for this particular game tonight or last night or whenever this article was written, there was 90% availability as of that day, game day. So that oh means God. that means there's 45. <laughs> that that literally means if it's a 5,000-seat arena, they had 4,500 tickets available. Have they moved in there yet, though? Oh, yeah, they're no. in. Where, at the Arizona State Arena? Aren't they? No, that's for next year. In. They moved right over, didn't they? That's where they're going to go. Yeah, yeah that's for next year. Their arena's year. not even done yet. Oh, then that's yeah, just... So that, oh. Then that means playing. right now they've, they've, only saw, they've only sold 500 of their season tickets. And the if that's the case, then, and I just misread the article, that means the tickets have been on sale for how many months now since they announced that way back when? And nobody's buying. Nobody's interested. Ugh. That's a bad look. If they want to get anything, you got to get the school to foot the bill for their games, basically, and then uh, have the students go in for like 10 bucks a pot. Well, it, it, an it, NHL team. To be honest with you, I I personally think that it's an absolute embarrassment that you're yes. going to have an NHL arena, an NHL team, I'm sorry, play out of a college arena. That is absolutely that That's embarrassing because now, from what I've heard and read, that the Arizona Coyotes need to front up something around like $20 million to build their own like locker room area, NHL section of the, of the, the arena on the school campus. When, and I, I think I heard um, Paul Bissonette talk about this on Spit and Chicklets, where there's an arena, I forget where in Arizona, that it holds like 15,000 people and it needs about, 15 to 20 million dollars in renovations to to you know to make it a a, a nice feasible 
NHL arena. So why are you going to give $20 million to a fucking university that holds 3,000 people when you can take $20 million, put it into an arena that already exists and do, you know, upgrades and sell out 15,000 seat arenas and then instead of 3,000 seat arenas? Makes absolutely I mean, zero sense. They're not even, I don't think they're Division One either. I, the last I saw. No, oh, Arizona I State's D1. Oh, did they go to D1? All right. They used, went D1 uh, three, everything. four years ago, four or five years ago, maybe. They went D1. Uh, they used to be a club team, and they like yeah. literally like won like the fucking national championship every year for club hockey, and they just went to D1. Um, oh, on a quick side note, Beacon, I'm sure you've probably seen this. Chase, you've definitely seen it. Stonehill College Hockey is mm-hmm. going Division One. So from what I read is, it's going to be like more of an independent Division One schedule. So this they're going to play a mixture of D one teams and D three teams. Yeah. From what I read, yes. In, in talking with one of my former players who plays there, you know, that's. I mean, it makes like, sense early because yeah, you can't you can't go to the tournament do. for the first three years at least, yeah. right? So then, you have you might as well get some seasoning against some tough competition while you know competing against teams that are similar to your program. There's another school out there. I think it's it's uh, Long Island University that does the same thing. They play a Division One schedule, yeah, as well there's... as a Division Three schedule. But now here's the thing: like Stonehill College plays out of the Bridgewater Ice Arena. Like there's there's going to be news dropping. I was going to say they, I got to imagine they're going to be building a new arena somewhere near their campus. They've got land over there. They've got plenty of you land guys over like near the, that campus. We're allowed like to go. You're allowed to go in one sport like that. Like there's a bunch of division three schools that play division three, everything else like union RPI, RIT, they all play division one hockey, but everything else is division three. You're allowed to do one, but if you want to go like D one in another sport, like a second, then all the other sports have to go D one. Yeah. Would you guys like your breaking news? They are building. Where? On campus. It's funny that they're doing that. I mean, obviously, it's amazing that they're doing that, but they just spent tens of thousands of dollars to have a locker room built at the Bridgewater Ice Arena. Yeah, there. So it's uh, you'll hear about it soon. They are building a rink. Has nothing to do with them. It's an outside person building it, so it doesn't affect the school at all. The school will just have to pay their monthly rent or their their monthly fee and everything like that. But there'll be an other rink on. The South Shore in between Brockton, Randolph, and Braintree, they're going to be the rink. Oh, interesting. Very so, yeah, there's your breaking news. Breaking news, Cosway Kings. You heard it here first. Very good. <laughs> Very good. That's awesome. Uh, I think Merrill is on site right now. He is observing the surroundings, but he's still on with us, so hopefully we'll hear from him. In a little bit, unless I'm mistaken, and he is there. Nope, that's okay. Merrill's going to check in a little bit. Uh, BJ, we uh, we got a lot going on here tonight. A lot of stuff we've covered. Uh, what's something that we have not covered that uh, that you were hoping we would? Well, I think the biggest thing that's coming up is going to be the playoffs. And, I mean, my question would be is, who's the favorite? You got Colorado, who's probably been the best team in the NHL since, what, the All-Star break? And then Florida, Carolina, I, mean, I think all three of those are probably good picks. 
Um, and then, you know, maybe a couple underdogs. I mean, the Rangers have played really well since then too. So my, my question would be, what, what is, what do, you, what do you guys think will be the, or your pick for the, maybe not even the winning it, but winning the getting to the finals? I mean, if I, I'll go first, I think Colorado's the best team. Don't necessarily have the best goalie. So if you're, if you're looking for the Western Conference, I think it's a no-brainer that Colorado is probably the leader of the pack. Uh, just it's, if they stay healthy, they have players that can take over a game, and more importantly, they have one defenseman and one forward. Um, the team that I'm probably going to go with, like, is the surprising, is I think it's either going to be Florida or uh, Carolina. Um, I like their goalies. I really do, I, especially Florida. I think Clancy said at the beginning of the pod, their, their goaltending is just so strong, and, and Bob is back to the ways of old, and then they do have a solid backup. Um, the team, I think, that's going to be terrible again, and every year it's they're just further and further away from um, winning a Stanley Cup because the team just gets – they get picked apart every year. I think the Maple Leafs are going to get knocked out in the first round. Yep. My my personal opinion, I just they yeah, their core doesn't work in having their contracts. We've been over it before. I just don't see them doing it. Um, and then looking at everybody else, I mean, I don't know. I, I like if if we were looking at it, you know, like today, I have it up. So it'd be Florida and Capitals. Capitals don't have a chance. Florida, Calgary versus Nashville. Calgary wins that one. Uh, Edmonton and LA. I mean, LA is just so old, and, and you know they need to and retool. They, and they just lost Drew Doughty for the rest of the season. Ooh, yeah, and then and like according to this thing I'm looking at right now, it'd be Toronto versus Tampa in the first round. I mean, Tampa just has every savvy veteran that you'd want. Like I like that's a team you don't want to play, and their goalie's pretty good. And I think that they would get under Toronto's skin. Bruins would play Carolina. As much as I like the Bruins, I just don't see it happening. Colorado plays Dallas. Colorado wins in a landslide. Rangers versus Penguins would be just a lot of fun to watch. Like, I think that that's like a toss-up. And St. Louis, Minnesota, same thing. Like, really good hockey to watch. Um, I don't know. I it, This could be a very fun playoffs, but I think that none of these teams have what Colorado has. Like Colorado is an, that's the definition of a wagon. You want to talk about building a wagon. It's what they did. It's unbelievable. Any team that has Kale McCarr on it is a, has a chance of winning. He is a U.S. guy (laughs) after all. I thousand percent agree. That there's literally with an exception of maybe Adam Fox, there's no one that can walk a blue line like Kale McCarr in the NHL right now. Yeah. He's a definite game. I mean, he can take a game over. He's got what? 33 goals. On the air as a defenseman in the NHL right now, it's absurd. Best hockey player the Minutemen have ever discovered. And I remember when he got drafted by Colorado, everybody like on NHL Network was like, who is this Cal McC- Like, Who gets drafted in the first round from the AJ? Like, <laughs> and now look at him. He's an absolute stud and I think should win the Norris. And, you know, and I think his brother, I think, is at UMass Amherst too. I don't think mm-hmm. he's what Cal is, but I think he's at UMass still. That brings so up. I'm sorry, but they were talking about this the other day. You know, the Norris Trophy is for the best defenseman, which is both offensive and defense. They were talking about making a new trophy, saying and having like a Bobby Orr Trophy. That's what they named it. 
on the show, but they were saying that that would be the best offensive defenseman, and then the Norris would be still the best all around. That would actually be really cool. I think that I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. I mean, so, do good, you think that do you think that Cal McCarr has uh, replaced Jonathan Quick as the best UMass player to come out of there? Ooh, I mean, if if they end up winning a, a Stanley Cup title, if they win a Stanley Cup title at any point, I would say yes because he already led UMass to the pinnacle, which nobody. Well, Quickie, what is Quick got two? He's got two in his, under his belt, right? Two or yeah, three, yeah. Quick, right? Yeah, yeah. It's either Quick's got two, and then I mean, he was Team USA's goalie for a good amount of time there. It, yeah, the I, he didn't have the same success at college. That's the only difference. If Makar has the similar success that he did um, in the NHL level, uh, then I could easily see him surpassing him. Very soon. Same, I don't think he already has, though. At the same time, it's it's hard to really justify that because they're, they're two different, you know, gen- generational players. Like, they're, they were at UMass different times. Like, that's – Quick was already in the league for 10 years before Makar came out. Like, right. it's really hard to justify that. Um, and, and like Beacon said, you know, Makar had a much more noticeable career at UMass than Quick did. Quick just got to the show and then just turned it on, you know. Wasted no time at all. And hey, uh, guys, uh, joining the uh, Causeway Kings now, we got our friend returning. It's Shukri Wrights coming back to the Causeway Kings. Shukri, how are you, bud? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's been a, uh, a very eventful day, um, to say the least, both in sports and in the world. Uh, how are you guys holding up? It's been a wild one indeed. Uh, we've just been talking hockey, wildness, nonsense, a little bit of seriousness here, there, and everywhere. But we'd love to hear from you as well, man. Please, the floor is yours. Um, first and foremost, I want to just pause for a second while I have some lighting before I walk uh, to my building. Um, first and foremost, I want to send my thoughts and uh, prayers to uh, the victims of the of the subway um, attack earlier. Um, in my hometown of New York uh, earlier today. That's number one. Um, number two, I also want to send my, uh, my condolences to the family and friends of um, Gilbert Godfrey, the legend, passed away just a few hours ago. Um, and and then and now in terms of sports, now we know who the Celtics are playing in round one. It's going to be Celtics Nets. I am fired up. I already put it out on Twitter already. It's going to be um, Celtics in six. Now, in terms of the Bruins, the seriousness. Um, they lose to lose tonight. There are Bruin fans that are already concerned about, well, they, they didn't clinch tonight. How are they going to play against on the Sack East? I'm like, guys, this is why I have said this at the beginning of the month. This is going to be a month of attrition, physically, mentally. And honestly, I'm not surprised that this team is um, – this team is – you know, kind of falling back into a little bit of a slump. Like, yes, they lost to Washington. They did, they did play well, but a bit of an unlucky bounce that beat them ultimately in, in Sunday's game. And then tonight, I mean, what a wacky start to, a way to start the game. When you talk about that, that first minute of the game, two goals in, what, 49 seconds by both teams? The Blue scoring first, obviously, and then, the, and then Bergeron with the, with the game-tying goal. I mean, there are things that the Bruins are going to have to um, to fix between now and the start of the playoffs. But, man, 
I think there is reason to be concerned if you're a Bruins fan as to the direction of this team and where they're going and as well as start asking tough questions. Start asking tough questions in terms of if you're the Boston Bruins currently, as you get ready to, um, to, to for the Seneca playoffs, what aspect of their game are you most worried about? Is it goaltending? Is it the fact that the Bruins at times have had mental lapses on the ice? Or do you feel confident enough that whoever that they play in round one, they should be able to get past round one? I mean, it's got to be the physical play. If we saw anything tonight from St. Louis, same skill, same talent level, but a much more physical style. And it's almost like you took the big bad out of the Bruins and left the finesse behind, which for today's game, the way it's shaped, I guess. But I still like to see some bodies getting thrown around and some big bad Bruins yeah. action classics. You know, it's it's got to be classic Bruins or it's not going to work. Not in this town. Oh, absolutely. And that's part of the reason why you need that physicality come the playoffs. And it's, and it's going to be, if they're not careful, I'm talking about the Bruins in particular, if they're not careful, it doesn't matter who they play, even if they play Toronto. And I said this um, when the Bruins played Toronto about a week and a half ago. And I said, I'd be, I'd be very careful if, if you're a Bruins fan, do not overlook Toronto. Do not do it. We, they may have been the punchline of a team not, not, not having won a, a Stanica playoff uh, series since 2004. But this year's edition of the Toronto Maple Leafs, they got a little bit of everything that the Bruins have, have lacked shortly over the last few years. They got scoring depth, which they, they have. But they got a bit more grit. And you can thank guys like Wayne Simmons and Mark Giordano, the trade deadline acquisition from Seattle, for that as well. So I think that if you're the Boston Bruins, what about what? How many games do they have? Like what? I think like ten or nine, right? After tonight, something like about, that. Yeah, uh, so, something in that neighborhood. You gotta start thinking about matchups. You gotta start thinking about where this team's game is, as to what do they need to do to get things right and, and right to ship between now and the start of the playoffs. But if they continue to play the way that they've been playing, I got reason to be concerned. This may be a very quick, oh, quick, uh like one and done if, if they don't get their affairs rectified. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's definitely something that the, uh, the team needs to address. If there's any hopes of making a deep playoff run here. Um, well, and actually um, I'm listening to uh, the, the Bruins and everything after the game. Uh, Cause it just came up on my Instagram. I guess Bruce Cassidy called out Charlie Coyle after the game saying, uh, mm-hmm. saying some things, which, I mean, if you're if you're relying on Charlie Coyle to turn around the, to turn around a team, it, it's not going to happen. How about the fact that you have Lindholm hurt, Pasta's hurt, Brandon Carlo's hurt? How about you're not playing how you were playing a week ago? Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, feel free to take it on that one if you got a thought. Um, and we were always also talking about. <laughs> Carolina too potentially as a, a major issue and a, a a hurdle for the Bruins to say the least. Oh, absolutely! If they play, if they're playing Carolina in round one, they're not winning the series. My confidence in, in the Bruins right now, based on how they played and how they've looked, on a scale of one to ten, maybe out of five. And this is being very brutally honest and. 
And before Bruin fans start saying, where's the confidence of the team? This team has issues. If you haven't been watching or listening to the games, and I can't help you. The reality is that if you are, if you are the Bruins at this moment in time, you're banged up right now. You talked about Lindholm being out. Big blow. You talked about Pasta not being out. Also, big blow. That second line hasn't been the same. And last point, I am worried about Jeremy Slimming. We know that he's a terrific goalie, but his play of late has has me has me wondering how is he going to be able to address those weaknesses between now and the playoffs? Because I called him to Felger and Mass, I think it was about a week ago, about a week or two ago, whatever it was. And I said, even if, if they were to play a team like Toronto, it truly is no guarantee that the Bruins would actually be able to win that series. Crazy. Crazy. We, we, we've got the curse on our side, for goodness sakes. But it's all good. Brendan, go ahead, buddy. Well, Shukri, just uh, looking ahead to the playoffs here, who do you think is the more critical piece they need to be uh, see come back sooner than later? Would you say it's Lindholm for his left shot defenseman prowess back there, pairing up with Charlie? Or do you think uh, they need Pasternak back because their power play has just looked lackluster, to say the least? To answer your question, um, Brendan, it's a, and, it's a, and it's a good question at that. They're both equally important. I think it'd be foolish on, on, on either end if I said that um, that Lindholm wasn't equally as important to um, like to the team's fortunes or chances going into the playoffs, especially when you consider when he first um, arrived in, in the in a trade deadline trade that just how important he um, he he was and is to the Bruins' uh, defenseman core, and I just wonder. At this point in time, yeah, they're banged up, but I just feel like there there have been times where this team has looked sloppy. They're giving up the goals like within the last minute of, of periods. That's not a Lindholm or a Pasternak issue, but that's a, that's a team-wide problem. So to, to go back to answering the question, I, I think both. Like both are equally important, but gun to the head, how to pick one, without question, it is definitely is Lindholm. I'd actually would go with Lindholm over Pasternak. I, I can't argue that. I mean, I think they've looked bad on the power play, but I think you can just make a couple of adjustments and really fix that issue. Um, but having that left shot defenseman is just critical. It's a white whale in the NHL, as I make a point of on this podcast every week, it seems like you just don't find a player like that. And I feel like they become one of the best defensive pairings in hockey when they're together out there. Yes. Him and McAvoy. Absolutely, which is why I think oh, if the playoffs were to start tomorrow, and thankfully, it doesn't start till May 2nd, which is like well under a month away. You got to put McAvoy and Lindholm together. Do not break up that pairing. And I know there are those that are, that are going to ask, well, what about uh, the who's going to be paired up with, with, with Carlo and so forth? Like, I get it, but that but that's a good problem to have. Like, I mean, you could, you know, make, like pair up um, like a Carlo who's a right-handed shot with Mike Riley. I mean, as one option, but I do think that it is something to to really consider. To to really, I really think the Bruins are at a point now. You got to put those two together because splitting those two up 
what are you doing? This is not like you moving Pasternak from the top line, which was formerly the perfection line, to the second line. This is not what this is. Like, especially you going up against teams like Carolina or even Toronto. I mean, heck, I didn't even mention the New York Rangers. You need that pairing working together, Lindholm and McAvoy. You got to have the top guys taking the top flight minutes. There's just no way around it. Uh, yeah. You know, no doubt. I mean, uh, BJ, Clance, either one of you have a take on that one and what he's going on with? Because honestly, I mean, is he wrong? No, I mean, I, I completely agree. You need Lindholm with McAvoy no matter what. That That's that's not the, the issue at all. I mean, I think once one Lindholm's back in the lineup, I think those two are just going to gel like they did when he first came to became a Bruin. The issue that you have to deal with now is, okay, yes, you have Lindholm out hurt. You have Pasha out hurt. As of tonight, Carlos out hurt again. So yeah. now if the playoffs were to start tomorrow, who do you put in place for Carlo? Really, your only option from a right-handed defenseman point is Clifton. Yeah, I don't think Clifton's ready to play second line, you know, second pair, deep pair minutes with, with Grizzly. I just don't see it. You know, so like that's another dilemma that you really have to look into on how long is Kyle going to be out for? We've seen him before, too. He gets hurt. And next, you know, we get, you know, a week later, he's out for the season. You know, he's just, it's just, it's, you know, just another blow, blow to the defensive core. Um, I, I think once you get Lindholm back, though, and he's back playing with McAvoy, I think that will, you know, solve a lot of problems. And I, I think, honestly, McAvoy, the way he's been playing, I think he has the ability to, 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 to double shift. In my yeah. eyes, I mean, so, he's, yeah, he's always he's always have had an ability to like play what thirty five minutes, and I remember something that he said years back when he first uh, came, burst onto the scene in the NHL, in which that he said that he wants to be a, um, a Drew Doughty type of player, in which that he can play thirty like thirty minutes or so, if not if not a little more than that, and he's shown that he's ha- he, he has lungs of leather, like it, it, he just doesn't look tired, mm-hmm. and. And, and and you can't say that for every defenseman in the NHL. Like, you just can't. But he has that conditioning. But I do understand that. You you need you need Lindholm back. You and, and this is part of the reason why, like, I've never I have not liked the way that April has been scheduled going back to the beginning of the season when the, the team was literally playing once a week and you and you have like this huge backlog of games that are scheduled for this month i said it then and i'll say now like the way that the schedule is is shaping up it just hasn't been kind in terms of the bruins um injury front like and, and not to sound redundant but you need Lindholm back healthy you need um pass not back healthy because that second line just hasn't looked the same and i just wonder um if you're if you're the bruins like as you are going through the gauntlet of the schedule um, during this final month, where is this team's game at? And how confident are you that this team could at least get past whoever that they are going to play in the first round? Because I'm willing to guarantee on this podcast that whoever they play in the first round, that's, that is not going to be no simple cakewalk. I just, I really believe that. No doubt. No doubt. 
Um, guys, we do have to uh, start looking at the clock, unfortunately. Brendan, if you're still with us, you got any fun? No, we just lost Brendan. That's okay. <laughs> hey, I just got ben, the text message, 1%, and I said, uh-oh, well, let me see if I can. Oh, nope, he's gone. Ben, he, he just gave you the middle finger without giving you the middle finger. <laughs> he texted me. He was a gentleman. That's all that matters. Um, anyway, guys, we are going to move to final thoughts because it's a wild night, and unfortunately, Shukri, like you were just saying, the game was not at TD Garden tonight, no doubt about it, and uh, it showed in the final result for sure. Uh, we're going to swing around the horn here and see what we got. Final thoughts. BJ, why don't you lead it off, my friend? Yeah, I mean, obviously, if, they still, if they're still, they in that wild card round, they're either getting Florida or Carolina, and either one of those teams, I think, is going to be a very big uphill battle. And if you don't have both Lindholm and Pasta, I mean, Lindholm, I – I would say maybe 51% more valuable because, you know, if him and McAvoy can do close to 30 minutes a night, there's half your game between those two guys. So that, I mean, I'd say that's a little, you know, a little bit more important, but that they're both kind of going to be there. But, you know. Well, just a touch on that real quick, BJ, you know, with McAvoy can play 30 plus minutes a game in his sleep. That's not an issue at all. I think McAvoy can double shift with, playing with Lynn Holm and then pair up again with Grizzly in the second pairing. I think, but for McAvoy to be able to do that is he's got to control his physical play. Yes. Obviously the playoff hockey is a different breed to all players, but I, I, I think he just needs to control and, and know his time and space and when to lay that big opening, you know, a hip check on the boards or, you know, guy coming across the middle with a fucking shoulder to the chin. He's got to control that and not try to do it every shift. Not saying that he does, but everyone knows that McAvoy for, you know, I, I don't want to really want to put him as an undersized defenseman in the league, but he is on the smaller side of most D in the league. He can fucking hit. Yes. He can thunderously hit. I think he's control that come playoffs so his body doesn't get that wear and tear in the early stages. And then the, the Bruins can utilize him for 30 plus minutes a game if they need to. Yeah. You know? I think the other question is who do you who's going to be that second pair? I mean, if you have those guys playing, you know, thirty minutes a night, then that second pair becomes, you know, very valuable then because the other guys can do eighteen, twenty. I'll tell you right now who it's going to be, BJ. It's going to be the guy that I challenge to a fucking race. <laughs> it's true. Sugar, you, 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 <laughs> last week it was uh, formally announced that Clance was issuing a challenge to Forbert, an end-to-end race oh, on geez. ice. <laughs> and uh, we're going to do two of them pre-surgery, and then Clance is having a shoulder surgery soon, and then he wants to do a second one after. He thinks he's still got him beat, possibly one arm behind his back and backwards. So Yeah, I was just going to say, did he say backwards too? He did. I did. He did. I, I did say backwards. I'm holding you to every word of it. Every word. Yeah, what- Derek Forbert, if you want to make good on this, you let me know. CausewayKings33 at gmail.com. We'll I want to out. put in running, too, that he cannot use his extra long stick as an advantage. <laughs> you mean a char size stick? How about, how, about, how about this, Forbert? No sticks. No sticks. <laughs> it's going to be a flop fest between both of them. It's going to be great. I love it. I love it. So we'll see if that ends up happening and coming to fruition. Uh, it could be the belly the flop that wins it. If I lose, no, no, no diving over the fucking goal line or anything like that. <laughs> if I lose, I'll buy Derek Forbord dinner at the Capitol Grill. There you go. There you go. There's a challenge we can all get behind, I think. 
well, that was exciting. We got the old uh, heart rate rolling after a 12-hour day. That was awesome. Uh, what I do. <laughs> Shukri, uh, final thoughts for you, my friend. I know you uh, hopped on a little late, but we're always happy to have you, and we definitely appreciate hearing from you. Uh, we look forward to having you on another episode coming up as well. But for tonight and for now, to all of Causeway Street, what say ye? Um, first and foremost, I want to say thank you guys for having me on. As always, it's always a, an honor and a privilege. Um, and final thoughts, I would say the Bruins got some work to do and they got some, um, I wouldn't say soul searching cause that's going a little too far, but they definitely have some question marks that they need to answer. Um, as we get ready to, to go to get ready for the, for the playoffs. Um, we, we got Ottawa on Thursday, I mean, which they should be able to bounce back nicely. And then Saturday, we got Pittsburgh at home. That's a 12-30 game as well. So, like I said, this is going to be interesting, but this is going to be a month of tests. But they also – Pittsburgh lost Malkin for four games. I heard okay. you yeah, with, with the suspension. But, he, but even, even with Malkin out, that this is still a dangerous Pittsburgh team that, that they, they're still gritty. They can still – they still got scoring um, and so forth. Like, I'm not, I'm not even – I'm not even fixated on the fact that that Malkin is going to be out this for the four games, but rather for the Bruins and 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 their and them really being able to to hone their game as they get ready for the playoffs. This is this is going to be critical these on the, the next uh, week or so. I I want to see this team really figure things out. Agreed. And uh, here's to uh, the team figuring things out sooner than later, please. And uh, just in time for playoffs would be a wonderful delivery time. So I think we can all get behind that. Gentlemen, thank you very much for uh, stopping by tonight. Another wonderful edition of Causeway Kings here on the WMEX Sports Podcast and Radio Network. As heard on WMEXBoston.com, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and all major platforms. Uh, we've got plenty of more exciting friends to join in. We've got lots of news, lots of breaking news. Clance, am I missing anything? Uh, I didn't get my final thoughts, but fuck me, I guess. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought you ten. <laughs> I thought your ten Damn. minute uh, final thought. All right. Well, let's backtrack a little bit. Click the right button I'm here. Just, I'm just busting your balls, man. You, you have me hook, line, and sinker. Like I'm pretty sure you ranted for like ten minutes. It was great. Well, <laughs> I was just. I didn't. I wasn't ranting. I was just giving my two cents on BJ's thoughts, and then you know, Sharky's. I was just. I was just. Oh, I was just fucking. He's just saying. Time. He's just saying. I love it. I love it. Clance, I want to make. Clance, I want to make sure you have your equal time too, brother. Do you have any additional final thoughts on anything? Um, I, I just honestly, I think the Bruins need to take the remaining part of this schedule that's left for the season and really work out the kinks that that they have in their in their you know within their team right now, and you know start working on any type of defensive pairings that may work in case Carlo is out long term, and you know in case Lindholm isn't ready for playoffs, you need to stop figuring things out now. So come playoff time, you know, again, I, I don't want to play Florida first round. I honestly, I have no issues playing Toronto in the first round because years past Toronto has been a very high scoring power team in the regular season, but come playoffs, they don't do anything. Matthews doesn't do shit. Marna doesn't do shit. They 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 they're they're as shaky and net as the Bruins are right now. 
You know, so I, I welcome Toronto in the first round because, again, uh, Matthews, yes, he's going to win the scoring title this year, no doubt about it. He's going to have probably 60-plus goals for the season. How many playoff goals does the kid have in his career? Yep. That is the question to be determined. Mm. I think it, it, it's just a different game once you get to the playoffs, too. That's not that high-scoring type of hockey that you get during the regular season in the playoffs. But close oh, and, and don't get me wrong, Matthews has – I absolutely love watching the kid play. He has brought his game to a whole new level. He really has. But it it's going to take more than two and a half players to win you a Stanley Cup. Austin Matthews can only do what Austin Matthews can do. If Austin Matthews puts in two, three goals a game, great. But the guy in the net between the pipes needs to stop 10 plus goals, 10 plus shots a period to win a game. In my eyes, I, I, that's just, there's a lot of high end talent on that team. There's a lot of skill. No doubt about it. They definitely got the grit in there now with uh, Giordano on the back end. Simmons um, is Muzzin back in the lineup for them yet. I believe he is. Yes, that that's Good. another that's another big rugged defenseman back there, but at the same time, you can score all the goals you want, but you need someone that's going to stop those goals as well. And those forwards on the other team have to get through their defensive core to get to the goalie, which then gets the puck in the net, which Toronto has a very long history of not doing a good job at. So, I, I just think from a Bruins standpoint, get those guys healthy work out the kinks and come, you know, beginning of May for the playoffs. Let's fucking go boys. Let's fucking go. I love it. That's the spirit I'm talking about right there. Anybody else just making sure we all good. We're all good. All right. Well, just making sure everybody's got their time. Cool. If not, I'll call you out. No. He's going to every time, every time. I wish I had my bell. I still miss my bell. All right, here we go. Folks. This has been another edition of Causeway Kings. And again, being brought to you on WMEXBoston.com under the podcast section and the WMEX Sports Radio Network. As always, your friend Ben, on behalf of all of my cohorts and co-hosts here, Clancy, Marshall, BJ, Chiggs, Beacon, Shukri, thank you very much for joining us once again. We look forward to having you, buddy. And as, as always, guys, let's go bees. Mm.